Yo, get ready, let's debate, all relate Help me separate the good from the great From the glorious GPT, the sooner Scarface Mutated, no steppers, Dr. Dre Deep fake from Bionic Black Thought Or is it LLM, Cool J, the K-R-A-I-S-1 Maybe Big Data came Can't be Kanye on the mic, but remix the Elliot What happens when Android 3000 battles 50 sentient Could it be Big Pun, or maybe Cyber Snoop Or even AI Jimmy C and the Wigo Bomber crew it's the greatest rapper who never lived, yo Rap resurrected, how can this be so? One track at a time with the help of Cole Does it get better? Check out the next episode It's the greatest rapper who never lived, yo Jimmy C and Jason entering the unknown One season, one album, 50 shots to your dome Are we all doomed? Check out the next episode, huh? All right, ladies and gentlemen, hip-hop enthusiasts, fans of the art of rhythm and rhyme, welcome to the first, dare I say, groundbreaking episode of The Greatest Rapper, Who Never Lived. I'm your host, Jason Colton. I will be ferrying you through this deep dive intersection of technology, musical creativity, along for the ride, my co-host, occasional rapper, our part-time guinea pig for this podcast, my full-time brother, Jim Colton. What's up, Jim? How's it going? How you doing? What's going on, JC? This is awesome. This... <laughs> Our parents are going to love this. All right. <laughs> uh, so let's set the stage here for, for what we're doing. The year 2000. I believe I'm in eighth grade at the time living at home with our parents, suburbs of Chicago. You, I think, living in the city. Yeah, just had been married uh, about a year. Was actually living in Evanston, uh, waiting for a condo to be built downtown. Mm. Uh, just a few years out of school, graduated from college in 1996. So living in Chicago. So yeah, you're, so here you are, year 2000. You know, you're a fan of, of hip hop, of rap. You are also a member of a Park District Men's League basketball team. <laughs> uh, so when I, I've, you know, I've been talking to people about doing this podcast and you know explaining the premise, the concept. I tell them basically like it very admirable quality of you that I don't quite possess is that uh, when you come up with an idea, you know, you throw yourself fully into it, hundred percent, all in. So at that time in your life. You made a rap album. I remember you telling me about it. And I was like, all right, that's awesome, I guess. Good for you. Cool. Yeah, so background here. So Jason and I grew up in a lovely suburb of Geneva, Illinois. Uh, yes. What I would call, at least at that time, the last suburb. It was like the last train <laughs> stop on the west line west of Chicago. And, uh, you know, just growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, the late 80s as hip hop and rap became a big thing, like Run DMC and like many sort of suburban folks like ourselves or myself and my friends, the band Public Enemy like really spoke to us <laughs> for whatever reason. So they had a huge following in terms of that demographic. And I just had felt like I had a connection with them and ended up, you know, meeting a group of friends, you know, in high school, early in high school, and really some of my closest friends to this day that shared the same sort of passion of for sports mm -hmm. 
and hip hop music, old school rap music. And so many of those guys I live with in college. And then after school, most of us kind of grad, like, made our way back home, lived at home, we're starting our careers. And we, like you said, we played rec league basketball. And my friends, kind of like me, you know, when we do something, we kind of go all in. So this is, you know, we weren't just your atypical rec league basketball <laughs> team. Uh, I know you videotaped, uh, recorded a lot of those games. We would watch the games afterwards. We would keep <laughs> keep stats. We would record season stats. We would press for 40 minutes. Yeah, and many of those guys, like I said, are still my closest friends today. Over the course of this uh, podcast, we'll hopefully get to meet uh, many or most of them. And yeah, we just kind of went all in on that. And that was sort of my identity was through this basketball team. It was called Team Weagle Bomber. Um, one of my closest friends is Keith Wengranowitz, a very long name <laughs> that we shortened to Wego. Uh, myself, probably like many folks, and your friends included, guy friends especially, like nobody goes by their real name. Yeah. Right. So we all had our nicknames. You know, I'm Jim, but I call Jimmy C. Uh, when I graduated from school, I tried to give myself the nickname Snoop, uh, which <laughs> didn't really. It didn't really stick. I mean, this is pre-Kobe Bryant, but like Kobe tried to give himself the nickname Black Mamba. He had much better luck than me uh, getting the name Snoop. But in any case, like Snoop Dogg through college, he kind of came up in the early 90s. He had a big influence on me and, you know, Dr. Dre as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wanted to be like Snoop Dogg. So uh, we had the basketball team. Like I said, we would play Sunday nights. We would get together. Most of my high school and college, you know, summer nights was playing basketball with my friends. Um, yeah, our basketball team had like a newsletter. Yeah, it's just, you know, just silly stuff. It was just all, all good natured fun with your closest friends, you know, something to do, something to stay out of trouble for the most part, and just a lot of fun. So, uh, like I said, I got married in 1999 to my wife, Sue. Uh, so we're going on close to 25 years. Married, have three kids now, live in Texas. Yeah, I'm just sort of like a big project guy. I sort of see, I just see the world in terms of possibilities. And um, one of the things how this all came about was just a silly, a silly like email thread. This is like, we're all kind of early in our careers. <laughs> like this is pre-Gmail. So we used our work emails to like email our friends, <laughs> you know, and, um, <laughs> and that's how we kind of connected with, with each other. And Dr. Dre on uh, not the chronic, but his follow-up album from there, he had a song called Big Ego. And he also released an instrumental CD uh, album as well. And my my I mentioned Wego, uh Wego Bomber, you know, big ego, big Wego. So uh, what I did is I just I just quickly wrote a parody rap song off of this big ego song. And because the instrumental version came out and I just sent it out as an email to like a group of like 15, 20 friends, guys we played basketball with and guys we went to college with and everybody got a kick out of it. Right. But then once I had the instrumental version, I was like, well, I could, I could just record this. Right. Why not? <laughs> so, you know, started looking into that sort of equipment to be able to do that, you know, had some success with that. And that's actually a song on later in the album that we'll cover in a future episode. But then once I finished that, it was like, well, Okay, why don't why don't I try to write rap songs about some of the other guys in the crew? Why don't I just make a whole album? You know, <laughs> so it, it sort of evolved from there. Um, it went from sort of like, 
you know, this first kind of parody song, which is like, you know, a direct influence of an existing song, just changing the words around, kind of like a Weird Al Yankovic type thing. Yeah. To, you know, as I was dipping my toe into it, using some references um, from other artists like Rakim, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth, like that sort of thing, like using them as sort of a crutch. And then as we got further, further along, like more and more originality um, as we Mm -hmm. went through the album. So you'll see that over the course of the season, like there's a verse um, in the second song that kind of, it's just a direct riff of a Snoop Dogg song, like that sort of stuff. stuff. But then it got further and further away from that (laughs) as we got into it. But it was really, it's kind of funny because there's this old Seinfeld bit where he talks about like, you know, men sort of dress in sort of their peak years. They don't change their, <laughs> they don't change their wardrobe, yeah. you know? And that's true for me because I like, I wear the same Jordan sleeveless cutoff I've had since like 1998. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, this is probably true for most music, but I think it's especially true for rap music. Fans of rap and hip hop, you really only listen to the music that you listen to in your formative years. Right. And for me, that was like probably 1986 to like 1996. And I really haven't listened to any rap album that's come out <laughs> since then. I, you know. So anyways, you know, this was on the tail end of that. This was kind of after that period. And, and you sort of lose, you have some distaste for some of the newer rap that's coming out at that time. So I was kind of like, well, I want to make a rap album that I'm proud of, that I could listen to mm-hmm. with my kids down the road that, you know, our parents could listen to and still enjoy. So it's all like clean. It's good natured. It wasn't like ever meant to turn like the rap world upside down. I was never, I never had any illusions of like quitting my job and going on tour. You know, you did do one show. I remember. Yeah, I did. I did a show. Did a few weddings. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. But it was just all. It was just all in good nature. It's just to see like, oh, let's just have fun with this. It's an excuse to hang out with your friends and have a good time. Like rap music was just a big part of our life. You know, just constantly, it was constantly in the background uh, over mm-hmm. the summers and, you know, in college and, you know, even in high school, like we did, you know, we were in a talent show doing a rap I, thing and we would do I remember, like, I remember a young six or seven year old me helping you paint the public enemy symbol on yeah. some uh, stage Wouldn't. risers. Yeah, exactly. So it was just always a big part of our life. So it was just an excuse to get get together with our closest friends and just see what we could come up with and have a good time. And like, and we'll get into this, but like some, some of the references, they don't hold up very well. Some of the songs don't (laughs) hold up really well, but I'm still really proud of it. I'm still really really proud of what we put together. And I think there's just a lot of like cleverness and yeah. And I think that this project or whatever, as we get into it, it's just given me like a new sense of energy and it's, it's breathed a whole new life into this rap album from 2000 it's just been a lot of fun yeah so i guess you know you've talked about uh the you 25 ish years ago making that rap album uh what we're doing here ostensibly is taking that album using the power of technology artificial intelligence to, to remake it to to redo it to make it anew. So you and I have been bandying about AI generation tools. I know when Midjourney first came out, which is an AI image generation tool, 
for those who don't know, uh, you can type in basically whatever, and then it will generate, you know, four images of what it thinks the best whatever you said is. Yeah. And then you can, uh, you know, iterate upon those options, or you can, you know, choose choose one of those as, hey, I, I nailed it. It, I mean, it's incredibly interesting to me. Like, I like to think of myself as a somewhat musical, somewhat artistic person. I can't, like, I can't really draw, I, you know. But, you know, mid-journey being able to get ideas from your brain into the world, like, it's not like a, it doesn't exist really, because, like, you and I didn't create it, but, so, you know, it's there to see, right? And, it, right. Uh, you know, to help you, um, you know, get your ideas out, I thought has been really interesting. So I, I sent it to you and I was like, Hey, check this thing out. And I mean, for a while there, it was, it's pretty mind blowing. I think the first time you interact with something like that, just cause like you feel like you have a lot more, more like power and or talent, even though it's not you doing it at all. But like, yeah. you know, like I said, just being able to get your ideas out there, I think is, is a really powerful tool. So, you know, I shared that journey with you. We had, you know, bandied about different, you know, like, hey, check this out. And, you know, MidJourney has uh, updated a lot since when it first came out, when we were first using it. And it's, it's been cool to, like, come back to it and see, like, how well it does X, Y, and Z. But then you discovered this thing called Suno.ai. And you, start, you started sending me weird links, <laughs> uh, which I was like, am I being spammed? Is this, are you, did someone hack your phone? Uh, but no, you you click on this really long, odd link, and a song pops up. And uh, so, yes, you know, AI, you can type in uh, a prompt of some kind, you know, hip-hop, upbeat, catchy chorus, song about cats. And then it'll take a little bit. It'll, it'll take um, lyrics from, it generates from chat GPT, and then it makes you a... a one minute ish clip of a song and it's it's pretty incredible pretty crazy yeah it's it's amazing and yeah i think this technology and this frontier of technology is like it's right in the sweet spot for for you and i you know i think it's just (laughs) wildly fascinated with sort of the possibilities and going down the the rabbit hole of just trying to explore it and like you said we spent quite a bit of time at mid-journey just like yeah, let's try this and like sharing our findings and like, isn't this really mm-hmm. cool and things that didn't exist and mashups between different concepts and just seeing what it would create. Yeah. But when the, you know, a little bit of backdrop here. So I have a, another podcast, a golf podcast called the driven golf podcast. So check it out. Plug. It's, Spotify, check it out. it's pretty good. Apple podcast. And, you know, it's just sort of exploring people doing cool things in the game. And one of my closest friends uh, he actually was had a played a vital role in bringing a golf course, which at the time, 70, 80 years ago, was considered one of probably the top three or four golf courses in the world, and it didn't survive the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Navy took over the land, and it's it just gone. So he actually created a digital recreation, sort of in like video game software, of this course using old footage and like triangulating all the different slopes and getting as accurate as possible. And then a golf developer and a golf architect, um, really the, some of the most famous in that space got a hold of it and worked with him to recreate it in Wisconsin. 
So I had him on episode two. His name's Peter Flory. And we discussed, you know, that project, which is really just a groundbreaking golf course. And mm-hmm. the fact is just awesome that he was able to use this technology to bring something that didn't exist back to life. And it's really kind of changing the golf game going forward. I and mean, golf's like my, my true, true passion. But one of the things we talked about, because I know he had, he was involved in kind of toying with mid journey as well. In a later episode, I talked to him about like, could AI actually generate a golf course routing, which is like the most critical step of like laying out the golf holes on a terrain. Mm-hmm. If you fed it a digital uh, topographical map and you had this kind of encyclopedia of what good golf holes are, what bad golf holes are, could it generate something? And based what I knew on mid journey in terms of the speed that it was evolving, like I, I think it's possible. And I, right. I sort of the last like three or four years have been like, I don't know enough about how to build it. But to me, like that possibility is out there. And from my perspective, like the way that I think about the game of golf is like, is it a way to actually bring like good golf to the masses for relatively cheap? which could have an impact on kind of growing the game and, and making a lasting impact on the game. I think there's something right. there. So, but in that interview, at the tail end of that interview, uh, Pete had mentioned, like, I know there's AI tools out there, you know, that could like recreate like a John Lennon song or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he, like I, I wasn't familiar with that as a concept. And then just a few weeks ago, I just sort of stumbled on the Suno.ai, maybe on Twitter or something like that. And then mm-hmm. I started again, going down the rabbit hole and then emailing you some, you know, some of these findings. And I was just honestly just amazed because you could like you, you mentioned like, yeah, old school rap as a prompt. You could take like the same lyrics and make it, you know, a folk song or like, you know, whatever, a a hair metal song or even like in foreign languages or whatever the, the case may be. It's just the possibilities are, are endless. It's really whatever you could possibly come up with. I I'm baffled in terms of how it works, but it's amazing. It's amazing what it's able to produce. So I first started kind of uh, having it write rap songs uh, like in the style of Snoop Dogg about my podcast, like thinking I can make it as sort of like an intro song or like some little fun little thing to just kind of promote the golf podcast. And I was able to do that. And then eventually I was, I stumbled. I'm like, what? Oh, I should see if I could just input my old rap lyrics into it and see what happens. So I took one of the songs and it's kind of funny because I had to I had to literally go back to like the Wayback Machine, like the the Internet site that like goes back to old, yeah. you know, old HTML, HTML and go back to my old website for my rap song to find these lyrics. It's like I don't think I have them anywhere. So anyways, found the website from back to 2000, took one of the one of the verses and spit it in there. And it was like, yeah, hey, this is this is pretty cool. And then just kind of played around with it. And then once I started gaining steam, uh, just started doing a couple of the, the first couple of songs on the album and realizing that there's something there. It, like, like I said earlier, it sort of breathed a whole lot of life back into this chapter of my life 20, mm-hmm. 25 years ago. And, and honestly, it's like one of the, one of the happiest moments of my life, like seeing <laughs> one of my songs, which I created way back in the day, sort of reimagined with, yeah. uh, with the degree of like sort of professionalism and it sounding like a legitimate song when it was sort of like this garage band kind of effort, <laughs> like very, very grassroots the first time around. Yeah. It's just really cool. So it just made me think, is there something there? Like, is it, could it, after breathing new life in it, could it actually be, 
a whole lot better than the original, which I thought right. the original held still holds up pretty well. So right. it's just this sort of exploring, you know, what's possible there. You know, I, I find it really interesting how it just just like how I feel like I'm artistic, but I can't like really draw. And you know, Mid Journey lets me like, oh, like I can type in a prompt and I get a cool image. The people who have no are not musical have no idea how a song is created, constructed, what a key rhythm. They don't know anything about that, but like they still have a thought. Like it can turn, it turns into a song in a matter of minutes, right? And I think that is a really interesting, cool tool to to bring to people. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we were even talking. I mean, this is only in the last like three or four weeks that. I guess a little over a month now that since we've discovered this, right? Right. And one of the things that you quickly picked up on, and even when I started showing it to my family, my wife and my daughter had the same collective thought. Could this technology actually write the next great Christmas song? Right. Because really, because honestly, there hasn't been a Christmas song in rotation since <laughs> Mar Mariah Carey. It's like one of the great miss, like... It's the toughest yeah. thing to crack, like the radio rotation of, uh, you know, people try and then people fail. There just hasn't been a really a new great Christmas song in the last, whatever, like 20, 25 years. Right. So, <laughs> so anyways, so Christmas Eve was on a Sunday. I went to church in the morning and I was just like kind of toying with the technology because my, my in-laws were here. I was like, hey, I'm going to, I was trying to explain to them sort of this the podcast <laughs> and some of this technology. So I thought, what better way to actually try to write a Christmas song? So I, I wrote a, a very kind of gospel based like Christmas song, still with some hip hop roots to it. But, I, you know, it was fun. I sent it to you guys, sent it to mom and dad. And, you know, I thought it was pretty good. And then on uh, in the evening and uh, Christmas Eve, it was wrapping presents. And my, my wife and I were watching Elf, right, which is my favorite Christmas movie. So like that morning, it's great when your kids are older, like my my kids are 21, uh, 19 and 16. You're not getting up at 5.30 in the morning to open, <laughs> to open presents, right? So we all agree that we're going to get up at 9.30. But when you reach my age, you just basically wake up at like 6 o'clock every day, yeah. 5.30, 6 o'clock every day. So, so anyway, so I'm up in the morning and I was like, well, I'm going to write a Christmas rap song about the movie Elf. <laughs> so I just started like riffing on that and, you know, it took half a day. You know, we'll, we'll release it here and we'll, we'll send a link to it. Um, it'll be on Spotify, uh, and SoundCloud, but in any case, I think it's really good. Like it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's like, I could have never done all of the steps to create a song. You know, I could have written the song, right? Uh, it probably would have taken longer than a day, but I was able to iterate it, listen to some of the examples and kind of tweak it from there. So that creative process is like still me for the most part, but you're using AI to assist in that process and a lot of trial and error um, using the technology like changing the prompts like changing the wording within the verse to make a sound make it flow a little better um, but yeah it was it basically was able to do that in a day and I think it's I don't know if it's gonna be the next great Christmas song <laughs> but it's it's pretty clever and it's fun right it's just fun to share with your friends and family and exactly. if someone else if anyone else likes it all the better all right so Using that as a, as a backdrop, you have, have taken your album, Nothing But the Dog in Me, 2000, Jimmy C and the Weeko Bomber Crew, 
which I believe the whole album is on YouTube and SoundCloud. Uh, I actually, when we were talking about doing this, I had just like checked on your YouTube and like one of the songs has like 15 times the amount of views that the other ones do. I don't really know why. Like, like I know. I just thought that was funny. But yeah. So we are going to uh, play clips from the original album, the OG album, and uh, and talk about it. And then, you know, talk about the references. They are, may or may not be dated. Uh, so we might have to give some context about, you know, about you and your friends and your life. And then uh, we'll also talk about, you know, trying to fit that into whatever new vibe that you were looking for out of the different uh, options that Suno gave you. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, older me is curious about, you know, your headspace back then, uh, just because, you know, I was in eighth grade and you were my brother and you made this cool thing. And I, I didn't really have a lot of context. Like I knew your friends. I knew you like basketball. Um, I don't have the greatest uh, old school rap lexicon encyclopedia, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to um, learn about the the different uh, hooks, little things that you threw in there. And then, um, yeah, why don't we hit it? And uh, so, yeah, this is uh, first song, first track. It's game time. Announces that the dog album and the game is about to begin. Buckle up because it's going to be a long bump and ride. <laughs> Let's go. That uh, that description is from the website. Actually, I thought it'd be good, good context. <laughs> so that, that sentence was written in two thousand. Yeah. So the the website, if anybody wants to dig it up, it's uh, myskills.com. Uh, skills oh, that's still up Z. there. <laughs> yeah. So it's on the Wayback Machine. You can find it. I think somebody has taken over the domain name at this time. It's and in any case, uh, there's all the lyrics are up there. A lot of some of the links don't work, but there's you know some timelines, some pictures, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I I mean I think the song is, is aptly named because it's sort of like introducing the album. Like it's game time. It's it's time to go. It's ready. It's ready to go. And you know we'll go into each one of the sections of the song. Just spoiler alert, there isn't really any like deeper meaning. <laughs> there isn't like double layer, triple layer. This is all like good natured basketball themed trash talk rap. If that was a genre, that's the genre that, that we're in. And I think I think even it's a byproduct of its era, like old school rap, late 90s, 2000. The rap is like very literal. It's not, you know, the rhymes are very literal the the rap is very literal there's some clever like wordplay like that sort of thing but it isn't i think modern rap like i think about like even like the hamilton music like the the wordplay is like so clever and the, inter yeah. the internal rhymes within a line like all that sort of stuff um and stuff that maybe doesn't sound like a, a rhyme on paper they make it a rhyme because like this sort of sounds similar they can they can make it rhyme like that that wasn't the game back then right so this is like <laughs> Very much like Snoop Dogg influence, Rock Kim influence, like that sort of thing. Um, so you'll you'll get a kick out of it. But yeah, it was like finding beats somewhere on the internet <laughs> using this this old like 386, which probably doesn't mean anything to anybody, like PC <laughs> uh, on a on a program, like looping these beats together. So you know there aren't, there aren't like 
these wild like public any enemy beats with all these samples later on top of each other is very much using what we had at that time and even like <laughs> even the mic we had was like the computer <laughs> given mic which was taped to a ruler on top of the comp- computer monitor like I, not I fancy remember. yeah studio equipment at all so yeah, anyways, yeah. Uh, so, uh, making music back in 2000 uh, a little different than making it now and we'll get started here, and you'll hear right out of the gates uh, one of the key things. Almost every song has a Michael Jordan reference. So growing <laughs> growing up in Chicago, my, my oldest son's name is Jordan, right? I mean, I, Michael Jordan was 11, or I was 11 when Michael Jordan came into the league. So his whole career with the Bulls and the championships were like all through my most formative years. So you can imagine the influence that he would have on, on me and my friends. So this is sort of like a little bit of a nod to him. So right out of the gates, uh, it's game time is really a reference to uh, a classic team chant that the Bulls had during their championship run. And you'll we sampled that right at the beginning. So why don't we start there? Make this thing happen from the beginning, babe. Let's go do it. What time is it? Game time! So that's the the first <laughs> section. So you yeah, can tell I, like right out of the gates. <laughs> what time is it? It's game time. <laughs> so anybody that's a fan of the Bulls era, you would understand that reference, right? That was um, absolutely. No, it was it was either Cliff Levingston did it for a while, and then later I think it was Randy Brown. But yeah, that was something I definitely wanted to bring in, and it's part of the chorus as well. As we'll we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, I remember. Um being in, in middle school when you, you got out of college uh you had a mitsubishi eclipse convertible and a lot of my fond memories uh, i believe for christmas one year you gave me a chicago bulls shooting shirt and you had a matching one um so we would wear those top down in the eclipse and you'd blast the um, the Chicago Bulls had a, a CD. Yeah. And I believe this that clip is in there someplace. I assume that's where, where you got that from. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the Bulls are just a huge influence. Like, I, I've always been a huge NBA fan. But mm-hmm. people, like, our life revolved around the Bulls games, the Bulls schedules. Like, we literally planned our, our social schedules around the Bulls yeah. games no, like you absolutely. just couldn't you couldn't miss a single one because you didn't know what you would miss if you did yeah exactly and it, it's hard not to go like all old man get off my lawn stuff uh it's hard it's hard to uh explain to somebody who wasn't there like like michael jordan probably the closest human being to being a god figure that we had <laughs> just pervasive throughout culture i mean like you said like we watched every bulls game you scheduled your life around every bulls game he like did something incredible amazing every every game you watched and there's also 
uh, especially, you know, towards the end, uh, like the certain inevitability that like he would just pull it off. So yeah. like just uh, witnessing that in like, you know, growing up living in Chicago, it, it was it was every, it was everything. It was everything. Absolutely. In any case, the only other reference in here is, you know, there's going to be a lot of like sports references. Most of them probably dated at this point. Gale Sayers is in here. <laughs> and even like Gale Sayers for me is dated. Like he predates me. Yeah. 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 But it, I guess it provides this little bit of, um, you know, reference to Chicago. Like people know that Gale Sayers, Sayers played for the Bears, Hall of Fame running back. Really, I think I read he was like the youngest. He's still the youngest player ever to get in the NFL Hall of Fame. Because he had this sort of very short career, like six or seven years, but he still made the Hall of Fame. But just like known for sort of his quickness, so was, that's sort of the reference to his his speed and quickness. The other thing about Gale Sayers, which I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie, but he had this uh, was a Brian song. Like he wrote a book about yeah. this relationship he had with a fellow Bears player, Brian Piccolo, who I think died of cancer, and they made that into a TV movie. Again, I think it predates me, but it was he was always associated with that movie and that in that book yeah so anyways gail series sayers a predominant figure in chicago sports history i think what you you probably heard or picked up on and maybe you pick up on in the second section like this is a, like a very very simple straightforward beat right it's just like a very simple mm-hmm. kind of boom bap drum beat or there's a little bit of a bridge towards at the end a little piano introduced but there's like a very very straightforward beat which i think i think actually fits right it's just sort of like a little bit like stream of consciousness introducing mm. kind of bring some energy like and just show what this thing is about and just kind of set it up so it's only two verses it's relatively short and then you get into the rest of the album that was really what i was kind of trying to get at with this one all right excellent well why don't we queue up part two segment two got the dub be rolling in the Yeah, the first mention of the Snoop Mobile, uh, the aforementioned Mitsubishi Eclipse convertible, red. I believe the license plate was Snoop Thirty One. Thirty One is uh, my number <laughs> on the basketball team. Legal Bomber Thirty <laughs> Thirty One, and like I said, I tried to call myself Snoop, so uh, that was the key to the license plate. You know, this was I had gotten that right when I graduated college uh, because, you know. We live we live a very very fortunate life. We have the greatest parents in the world. Yeah, they absolutely. provided everything we could possibly ask for, you know. But like, I got a job out of school. I was making forty thousand dollars a year, which might have might as well have been like ten million dollars <laughs> to me at that at that time. So, what do you do when you get a, a job offer, full time job offer, straight out of school? I went out and bought a car, like in the last like three weeks of college, um, and. Uh, yeah, a convertible 1996 red Mitsubishi Eclipse Turbo. So, it, yeah, it was it was a Snoopmobile. We called it the Snoopmobile. So a lot of references to to the Snoopmobile in this album. And, and it was just, yeah, we would cruise around Geneva, uh, quote unquote, G-Town, <laughs> go to the Dairy Queen after playing basketball till 1030, 11 at night, um, and just play a lot of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre with the with the top down. Yeah, I remember um, 
across the street from us growing up was one of the English teachers at the middle school. And I think she taught both of us, maybe all three of us. We have another brother named John who's older than Jim by, by eight months. They're born eight months Shot apart. Me. I was born 12 years later. There's a lesson in there someplace. I'm not really <laughs> sure what it is. Um, but yes. Yeah, the uh, lesson is don't have don't have two kids in uh, <laughs> within eight, eight months. Or don't have me. Don't have me within eight months. But anyways, uh, so yeah, our, our, this mutual English teacher we had. You, I think you had been living at home for a little bit, and then you had moved away. And she asked me one day, um, "What happened to the little Snoopy car that was over there?" She, <laughs> she just thought you were a huge Peanuts fan. Uh, yeah, you know, really pig pen. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, the other thing we should talk about that because it's going to come up is Geneva, you know, very much an <laughs> I- idyllic suburb, but there's the, the Fox river bisects the East side from the West side and is more of an inside joke than anything else. But we grew up on the East side, which is sort of considered like the mean streets relative to the west side is much much more uh upscale so within our friend circle like the east side sort of like the hood of geneva uh which is again just uh, all in fun but there's a lot of those those themes about like growing up on the mean streets of the east side and, and surviving uh and we'll, we'll get into a lot of that over the course of this of this podcast so shout out to all my all my folks listening that are from the east side of of geneva even today just uh, keep it real absolutely this section one of the things that when you get into the suno technology like you you input the verses and the prompts the first time you do it it will give you a, a minute 20 and it will just kind of just cut off at, at, at a minute 20 or if it finishes whatever it you asked it to do and then if you want you if you like something, you can continue it. And those those uh, those second and third prompts or whatever, they'll each be minute one minute clips. And I think what I found like <laughs> through this process and just through like revisiting uh, these old rap songs and maybe it's just a, a sign of the times. <laughs> most rap verses at that time of day, like you could just have like a minute 40, like two minute like verses. Yeah. You know, some of these songs are like six and a half minutes long. They just like keep going on and on and on, right? You have three or four verses, each one of them like over a minute long. So as part of this reimagined process, I had to be very like judicious about right. around like finishing up the verses within this window. And so honestly, like with this section and this song, it's like not, I wouldn't say it's like my greatest work in the world. Um <laughs> There's some like call me the baker because I rolled the dough in like that's <laughs> you know I never I never even liked that re- that that reference at the time and it hasn't really it hasn't really held up very well and even like the not Elvis but Jimmy to the C the K I N G like it's just there's just some stuff it's like a little awkward like a little cringy when I listen to it now yeah. so I was more than ha- I was more than happy to like cut out most of the the bottom half of this verse i think the second verse as we get into it is much cleaner and and much more energetic but anyways so everything we heard up until you can't roll with mine unless yours is stolen that made it into the final version and after that up until the very end of this verse i cut out for the for the reimagined version so take that into account when you listen to the next section absolutely and here's section number three 
Get on your knees, bow down, and kiss my ring. Feel my flow, hit me roll. Let's smell the stain. Check the score down on the floor. It's 84 to 4. We beat you straight up, and then we out the door. Unless you still want more, we can settle the score. We go bomber coming at you with a hardcore. Full court pressure, rough radical, course the Ross. What you do when your back's against the wall? You can't stop. Mama ain't home, I'm in the Shoot the damn ball. My rhyme can't wait for all your Aussie Say, kids, what time is it? What time is it? Damn, damn, boo! Yeah, so right, I love you heard, it. I love you heard it. In. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. It gets better. I think it, like the chorus, you know, talks about the what time is it? Game time. Who are the same thing we heard at the outset? So this bowls kind of session. The one thing that sort of mystery to me now is like why I only played why I played at three times and and not two or four. Uh, that just seems yeah. a, a little a little strange. But yeah, most of that, the tail end and then the chorus, I had to tweak a little bit. And we'll hear that in the new version in a bit uh, just to make it make it work and make it fit. So, yeah, that's What's, the first verse and the chorus of game time. So, howdy doody? Is, was, that, was that ever sampled in another song or are you just a big fan? Actually, I never, I never realized that that's what that was. I just, I must have just kind of stumbled on... The say, hey kids, what time is it? Um, and it just kind of fit in with the rest of the chorus. Oh, it fits. It fits uh, great. Yeah, it's just kind of sticking those two things together. Is there a specific game uh, that you have won eighty four to four that you're referencing, <laughs> or is that pure pure flow? No, that was um, like I said, we would we would press most of the game so we we would win we had, we had a pretty good team but we we would fast break a lot team. yeah we had some large scoring margins but nothing nothing <laughs> 80, 84 to 4 just, just just more context um you guys had like matching uniforms like jerseys uh oh, yeah. Not, yeah not everyone uh in the league had that you guys had like actual they were reversible black and gold yeah. Um with the uh the Wego Bomber logo on the front. Pretty snazzy at the time. Yeah, we need we need to talk about yeah, we need to talk about the uh, Wego Bomber. So the first half is named after my my buddy Keith, aka Wego. Uh we'll meet him probably episode three or uh, in a later episode. <laughs> bomber it, basically it's a play on the Unibomber. So the Unibomber <laughs> might might not resonate with folks now. But we were terrified of the Unabomber, um, you know, in the mid '90s, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Ted Kaczynski, he was a, I think, a Harvard professor, ended up like living off the grid and sending like mail bombs and that sort of thing. And I think they caught him in like 1990, 1996. But the before they knew who he was, it was just a sketch of this guy with kind of curly hair a sweatshirt hoodie, you know, hood on over his head and these sunglasses. So our logo was basically a riff on, I have it here. It's upside down. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that was the Wiggle Bomber. And I actually, I actually drew that logo. I created that oh. logo. Um, so yeah, we had the most sophisticated, I think, you know, jerseys, the actual logo. <laughs> like I said, we, we, we took the whole like rec league basketball thing very, very seriously. And probably four or five layers beyond what would be considered normal behavior, uh, but that was just kind of how we 
uh, how we roll. So, uh, yeah. So that was the background of the Weagle Bomber. And like I said, it became a huge part of my identity, like Weagle Bomber 31, like that, you know, our, our numbers kind of became part of who we were. All right. Let's, uh, let's hit the next section, section four. Okay. Let's hear it. Yes. So we're going to get into verse two, which I think it hits a little bit harder. So I'm, I'm prouder of this, actually. Check it out. Everybody know my DJ like the bass kick. Uh. Drop a beat so calm, push it, call a matrix. Spinning tracks, number one way to get chicks. Do some tricks like a little shit the shit behind the back mix. Check my game, we always come with the old school G. What's my name? J-I-double-M-Y to the C. A guilty plea. Not even two can set you free. The truth is your bro can't hang with me. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. The Matrix reference once again you know um old man on the lawn basically action movies where there's pre-matrix and there's post-matrix really like like 90s action movies are very 90s action movie you know aside from like heat or something but like most of them were like kind of samey right yeah and then matrix came out and it was like oh like we're completely changing uh what an action movie is gonna be like and i you know i remember seeing it in theaters I remember basically after it, like every so many knockoffs trying to do like the bullet time stuff. Definitely. Yeah, it it was definitely it definitely changed the trajectory of like pop culture. Before and after like Matrix, I think the original came out in 1999. So this is right around this time. And I think people have seen it sort of like mind blown in terms of its scale and the concept and you know the sci-fi uh what they're able to bring into Mm -hmm. it it's just people people are just buzzing about this movie and whatever you think about the trilogy and whatever came after but like (laughs) the the original matrix movie was pretty groundbreaking and i think that was sort of the reference here about dropping a beat so complex they call it the matrix just like you know the green words kind of flowing down the screen um the other thing just quick uh point out here dj light DJ Light the bass kick was the first uh, line in this verse. That's referencing we had like a DJ quote unquote DJ. So um, <laughs> my friend Dave Leitner, shout out to Dave. His his initials are actually DJ, last name Leitner. So I would call like in, he went to college with us. Call him DJ Light it. He actually was a radio DJ in college, so it sort of made oh. sense. And so in any case. He was sort of the DJ in name only. Like, so any of the scratches and, and the wiggy wiggies you hear in the song is basically just sampled. Like, he's not like cutting and scratching uh, on these, but he's like, you need a DJ for credibility, right? So, you need in rap albums, rap songs at that time are constantly referencing like the importance of the other DJ. Uh, That's true. So, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that uh, drop in his, what he's bringing to the table or what he's supposedly bringing to the table. Uh, right. So, this is his, his first reference there. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a couple lines in here, and it, you know, we'll get into talking as as this goes on, but uh, so for for Suno, you can enter. Obviously, you're entering in lyrics. It is coming up with the meter and the rhythm of all of that on its own, and you know, I think like a lot of the, especially like you were talking about how like spelling out your name and stuff was, was very popular at that point. A uh, little harder for Suno to figure out the, how to, how to pace all that. Yeah. yeah so like you said, this, this day and age, a lot of like very literal rhymes. So I think, I think Suno's able to handle that pretty well. 
but yeah, there's sort of like, you know, in rap songs where the second guy comes in, you know, with, with mm. kind of interjecting, you can enter the words in the, in the parentheses on Suno and it might just choose to ignore it <laughs> altogether. It might take what you have and like amp it up to like 10 times. You just don't know. There's just so much like trial and error in terms of like the flow in terms of how it's like interpreting what you put down on, on paper or on the, on the computer screen. And yeah, I kind of let it do its thing, but I, I, a lot of times it's just kind of clunky. It's like it would, it's almost, I would say like kind of pitching a no hitter in a lot of ways. Like you're listening yeah. and you're like, okay, this is working. This is working. This is working. And then it like chokes on, you know, one set of bars and then you just got to scrap it, you know? Right. Uh, so, that, or you get all the way through the core, all the way through the verse and the chorus sucks, you know, and you just have to sort of start over. So there is, it really isn't at least as of today, like an iterative process to get something closer and closer to the finished product. It is a lot of just like finding something until it works, like a lot of trial and error until it works. And then kind of riffing on from there, you know, adding the second verse and the third verse or whatever, or maybe changing the words with the same beat mm -hmm. uh, until it sounds exactly what you, uh, what you want it to look like. So this one, like all of this, what we just listened to made it into the, into the final version. Cause I think it's pretty strong. Cool. Let's hit it. Section five. For ten years, I'll listen to all the rap classics with the crap. And two, I got the crap master. Mix a little skills with some Jedi magic. Leave the crowd in trance, dance into my rap hit. The force is strong with the new kid. Call me Anakin. The beats can breathe the life to any mannequin. It's a mannequin, so good, it must be a dancing. Spin the wind, sit tight, the game's about to begin. Say, kids, what time is what it? Time is it? Dance, dance, all right. Good. We get hit with double star wars references here <laughs> big big star wars fans up in the, the colton household and also the timing is important too because the um the prequels i think the first prequel was it uh i don't even know the name of it now um, the, the phantom menace yeah the phantom menace uh came out i think in 99 like right around this time so this whole backstory of anakin skywalker which i i would prefer to believe that it never existed at this point in time but uh the reality is it did exist we did watch it we were into it because it was we were yeah. so hungry hungry for star wars right so talking about the jedi magic and you know the force and anakin skywalker all made its way into here like you said star wars being a big part of of our lives and our friends lives like i don't i don't know anybody my age that wasn't a huge star wars guy because i probably wouldn't be friends with them if they weren't uh, so <laughs> I think I remember seeing The Phantom Menace. I believe our, our dad, Big Dog, took us, took me at least. I saw it at the Arcada Theater, historic Arcada Theater in St. Charles, Illinois. Shout, out. Shout, Shout out. out. So there is one like clever bit of wordplay in here, uh, which I want to point out. So my beats can breathe the life into any mannequin. That was rhyming off of Anakin. And then it's the mannequin. Like that. That, didn't, <laughs> that doesn't really happen like in 99, right? This like fitting the rhyme in at the start of the next sentence i thought that was pretty pretty clever i'm ahead of my time son <laughs> yeah i mean is that thought that the way i think that whole last verse i, I like the flow of, of all of that yeah all of that made its way into the and it was a little shorter shorter and sweet but it was like very much kind of hitting you over the head with what this thing is about and bringing a lot mm -hmm. of high energy which I think the first verse kind of lacked uh, was stumbled a little bit. 
yeah so this song is basically just two verses the chorus repeated three times and the, the other thing which is kind of funny is we'll get into this last section with i think rap music of that era you know with this like the, i would say like the cassette tape era or even like the cd era where you're you're really listening to these albums from beginning to end mm-hmm. and even with the cassette and the lps or whatever even you know you had to basically balance out the album such that you didn't have all this sort of white space <laughs> you know on one side that didn't exist on the other side you know it's just annoying mm-hmm. so i think you had a lot of rap albums in this day and age where you would just have these like minute and a half like interludes where like people are just like they're talking about every distant cousin <laughs> you know just giving like a shout out of like everybody they've ever met uh that in their crew so there's a little bit of that here you know in terms of like we just introduced what the album is about and then there's just sort of this shout out about what the album is who the players are and again like references uh to the east side as we kind of fade out so we'll play this last section but that's really kind of what it's about i think we've talked about a lot of a lot of that but we can we can touch base on it after mm-hmm. oh yeah jimmy c in the house give me a taste of the dog album 15 shots to your dome for the year 2g you know the we obama's in the house we got money b in the house we got mat the duker in the house you know we goes in the house and my dj dj letter he's definitely in the house we represent g-town represent Chi-Town, we represent Champagne, and Jimmy C kicking it from the east side. So buckle up, there's going to be a long, bumping ride. It's game time. Say, kids, what time is what it? Time is it? Game time. Say, kids, what time is what it? So after that chorus, there's just me saying, to the east, my brother, to the east, my brother, to the east, my brother, to the east, and it just kind of fades out. But that's a, actually a reference to... Uh, early 90s rap group called X-Clan, which they had an album that was called To the East Blackwords, where they use this kind of To the East reference quite a bit. He also used the word like sissy a lot, uh, as I recall. Um, But anyways, yeah, (laughs) very, very interesting thing. So that was kind of the reference there. But like this, this section kind of covers pretty much everything, gives a a lot of the backdrop. Like we got year 2000. uh, We got the Team Weagle Bomber introduces some of the players we talked about DJ Lighted already, but uh, Money B uh, features quite heavily. It's uh, my buddy Brad on this album. He was sort of like the right hand man. He's probably on <laughs> uh, more of the other songs than than anyone else. Mat the Duker, uh, probably my my closest friend at that time. Actually, it doesn't rap on the album. He's sort of this <laughs> mythical figure, uh, but definitely a, a key part of the crew and really the reason why I got into rap music. I'm hoping to have him on the next uh, episode. And I mentioned Wego is like the one thing about Wego, he sort of this bigger than life like personality, uh, <laughs> and hopefully you'll see that when when he's on in future episodes. And like he had a basketball team named after him because he had such a big, <laughs> you know, he's just big on life. It's just a just a mm-hmm. and really one of my closest friends to this day. And then we talk about the setting. So we talked about G Town, Geneva. Chi Town, kind of representing Chicago, and then Champaign. Most uh, many of us went to University of Illinois, uh, just kind of kicking all of those things out, and then again finishing up with the East Side of Geneva uh, reference. So the it's kind streets. of wrapping it up, but it's just yeah, it's just kind of killing time in a lot of ways, like what <laughs> what uh, rap songs tended to do at that time uh, for whatever reason. All right, I you know I think it still works. I so I think it for for its its intent and purpose, you know. Uh, I think it's I think it's still great. 
yeah, I think as far as like setting up this podcast and providing the backdrop as well, I think it's yeah. game time as a fitting start to this as well. And giving, I'm heartened to see that it has this sort of providing some of this backdrop information in terms of some of these topics that we're going to explore further as we get into this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the old version. That's the old version. Let's through uh, iterative process. Blood, sweat, and tears. Suno.ai <laughs> has created a new version of its game time. It's game time remastered. I think we're gonna check out check out some of it. Yeah. So talk a little bit about this process. You you mentioned it a little bit. Like you provide these text prompts, and it gives mm-hmm. you. It takes a couple minutes, and it gives you two options. And you listen through them. And if you like them, you kind of you can kind of continue pulling on that thread. If you don't like them, you just dismiss it or like resubmit and start over again. So it's, a, it's quite a bit of trial and error. I did want to provide a little bit of background because just in some of the prompting and some of the evolution of one of these songs, it does take a while just to kind of figure yeah. it out and land land on something that you like. Uh, there can be a lot of, I guess, frustration in that process. But just to show like when you change the prompts, like what happens. So when I started this just some of these old kind of different rap genres that song is like very much i would consider like old school like boom bap so i have a version there which we'll hear that iteration and then i'm going to talk about how we landed on what we ended up landing on so the first one i'll play just a just like 10 or 12 seconds of uh i use gangster rap as a prompt and then i added g-funk to that uh the second time and you could see what that added or how that mm-hmm. twisted it. And you can definitely you can definitely see the stylistic difference in the between the first and second. And then the third one is sort of this old school boom bap, which I think is sounds the closest to the original. Um so I'll just play those in succession and we'll we can go from there. Sure. DJ what time is it? This game time. Game time. Game time. DJ what time is it? This game time. Game time. Game time. For all the real players, governors and mayors, bricklayers, we run passion like Gail Sayers, naysayers, what remains of the player haters, the stain for the creators. That was gangster rap. This is G Funk. Yeah, that that chorus took forty seconds, <laughs> um, and then uh, here's here's the boom bap, which again is a little slower, but like the just the just the basic beat, you know, sounds more similar to the original. DJ, what time is it? It's game time. Game time. Game time. For all the real players, governors and mayors, bricklayers, we run past you like Gale Sayers. They say it's what remains of the player haters disdain for the creators and those who create the money makers. Your woman, you can see through that, like each one's a little stylistically different. The prompts are different, the voice is different. Then, also, like you said, like the you know, the the rhythm in terms of like where the influences are, uh, are different. Di- each one is different, and they're also different from the original. So, you just have to keep playing with it until you get something that uh, that you like. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really interesting and um, something that you and I have been, you know, trying to discover. Like, you enter in gangster rap into the prompt, 
does it eventually narrow completely down to like what is the most unfiltered gangster rap like what is it going to sound like like who does it sound the most like do you think out of those three prompts that you just played like do you think uh you can draw any comparisons directly or indirectly to uh different rappers or styles maybe i i hadn't listened to those three examples enough to make any but i would say for some of the examples that we will hear there there definitely will be influences that you could definitely tell i think in this particular song when we go through the final version here and we'll we'll play the the first verse and then the chorus or, or the chorus and then the first verse i think it is very much like amalgamation um mm-hmm. as opposed to like hearing like any one like specific thing yeah, there are some influences, especially when we get into um, the second song. We we'll talk to it when we talk next time. Uh, we can definitely get into that, and as we go forward, you you might be able to pull things out of that. Yeah, because you know we are not uh, deaf and or blind to all of the. I don't know. Consternation is probably too strong of a word, but you know, there's a there's a lot of hesitation around AI uh, infringing upon artists' rights. You know, there's a lot of uh it's very much so up in the air right now as far as you know either obviously text and art um like draw on art and or and or music and it's going to be really interesting i think to like figure out see uh, where all of this goes what are the limits what are what are the extremes like so I, I think it's really interesting to kind of be like you know like we're like testing it and ostensibly, uh, the creators of Suno.ai and the creators of Midjourney, the creators of ChatGPT, you know, they're trying to work, update, improve amidst yeah. this kind of confusing landscape because uh, you don't really know what tomorrow is going to be as far as uh, legislatively or otherwise. So I think it's um, it's it'll be really interesting to, to see uh, everything that shakes out for sure. Yeah, I think the one thing just to be clear is in the prompts, you can't just put an artist name or like mm-hmm. reference a song or even like start with a song and then like give me an updated version of some existing song. If you try it, it will just spit it back an error, right? right. So if, if you're saying like, hey, I want a Taylor Swift version of this rap song, it's not going to give you that, right? Right. So you have to use these words like like Snoop Dogg might be like laid back, smooth rap or whatever. Um, to get something closely resembling him. And then you might you might catch a tinge of it, like, oh, that sounds a little bit like Snoop, but it's not going to be recreating a Snoop with a flip of a switch. Um, that's never what it was intended to be. And like you right. said, I mean, this is a good enough time to uh, talk about this as well. Like, this is uncharted territory. Like, just this week, uh, the New York Times sued Microsoft and OpenAI around using their, you know, their database of articles and basically plagiarizing them or, or basically copycatting them in many, many different ways. And it's not like they are against this technology. I think they just want to get paid for yeah. the hard work that they did to, to uh, that went into these articles that OpenAI and ChatGPT are using. So all of that will get sorted out. Absolutely. And, you know, like what is AI is it's kind of like an ever-changing thing, right? Like, you know, you type into your phone, I want to get to this place and it figures out the best route to get there. Like that is, that's AI, you know, doing that for you. And obviously there are some tools 
that I think people, uh, artists, digital artists might use regularly, you know, like, um, different loop and generative filt type stuff that is stuff that they use and have been using that, you know, is you would at least back before, uh, it became prevalent, uh, would be considered AI. So, you know, it's kind of like an ever moving goalpost, crazy unknown wasteland. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, you know, we're learning more and more every day, trying to trying to figure it out. It's it's, it's really interesting to interact with. <laughs> yeah, it's also really interesting when you're trying to update a rap album from 25 years ago <laughs> using modern <laughs> modern technology. So yeah, why don't we why don't we get into the new version? So the prompt that I I've been sort of using quite a bit, it seems to be working for me, is like rap anthem. And for whatever reason, like the word anthem, I think brings uh, it brings a little bit more catchiness. It brings a little bit yeah. more energy to the process so i almost all of my songs that i've been doing to date have kind of used that because i think it i feel like it just brings a little bit more of what i'm what i'm looking for sure so here it is the 2023 version of it's game time reimagined remastered what time is it it's game time what time is it it's game time there it is that's the the first verse and like i said the second verse uh, uses all the same lyrics as the first one so what do you think i want to know what you, what do you think i it's it's a very chill vibe. I I, I get a, get a little bit of Kanye Kanye from it. Uh, maybe early Kanye. Yeah. I like it. It is certainly different in in style and vibe to to what you had going on twenty five years ago. I mean, what what do you think is like the first like style wise like different uh, departure from from your style and like, what has it been like for, you know, like you said previously, you have this kind of niche alley of rap preference and like, you know, yeah. kind of coming into the modern and what, what Suno gives you. I think I have, have kind of noticed is generally more a modern take on things. So how, uh, how did you yeah. feel about that? I think when I'm listening to options, I am really listening to the flow. I think the flow very much kind of matches the mm. original. So I'm I'm looking for that. Because if it's sort of, if it gets off sort of rhythm from the original, it, it sounds strange to me because I've been listening to the old one for so, right. for so, so long. So it if it is different, it, it 
it causes me to pause a little bit and try to understand like, am I okay with it deviating? Is it actually perhaps an improvement? In a lot of ways, like I try to keep the rhythm very much the same. Sometimes I might actually just change the wording in order to keep the rhythm in the same place and have it flow a little bit better. So I think the flow very much is the same for what you'll see. I think the energy level, I think is where you might see more differences and then the stylistic differences. Like I don't, I don't think we'll ever have one that's sort of like a, a trap like version of it or like, uh, you know, I, I don't even know, like um, a Drake kind of version. Like I don't, that's kind <laughs> yeah, of not yeah. what I'm going for. I'm thinking like, right. I'm still thinking of like a, I would say like a tribe called quest. If they mm-hmm. existed in 2023, what kind of stuff that they might be coming out with or like Rakim, yeah. if you were to come out with in 2023, like a little bit more like intelligent kind of conscious rap, but still, still focused on flow um but maybe a little bit more energy in terms of like the beats and stuff because we didn't have like that at our disposal the first time around we just like had to find something that sounded kind of cool so you had a lot of these kind of jazz laid back kind of loops that just just constant kind of loops and this one's like we said it's a very simple kind of drum boom bat beat Mm -hmm. so I, i like this i mean i think the other thing what you'll see in these versions as we go through this we're not going to have these very prolonged like intros to these songs. Yeah. Right. Because you're, you're trying to find that version that works in the first minute and 20, which is going to be like your verse in the chorus. And a lot of times, like you probably tried it. Like if you, if you tried to give it an intro, it, it might not ever get to the verse. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or the verse exactly. might end two thirds of the way through and you can't really kind of continue where you left off. So a lot of these songs maybe start more abruptly. Mm hmm. What I what I found like through the process, not necessarily in this song, is I would just do like the first uh, maybe like four bars of the song and then the chorus and just have it create that. And if I liked it, like recreate the first verse after the first chorus that I did. So that might give it a little right. bit of room, like a little bit of breathing room until the second chorus. And then you got more time to do the whole the whole chorus. And I. I I will continue to iterate on that and hopefully they provides a little bit more functionality as we go through this, this life cycle. But uh, yeah, it's just a, again, it's just a little bit of trial and error um, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how all this stuff works. Yeah. I mean, it, and you know, it'll be interesting as you know, updates, like you said, the, the functionality, what, what different little dials we can change or the let us change about like how much influence you can have over the rhythm, the key, the length, even like uh, the structure of like, I want an intro that is this long, a verse that is this long, yeah. a chorus that is this long. So it's kind of uh, an ever-changing uh, set of tools that you're going to be working with. So what do you think? Like if you had to, uh, if you had to rate the original version on a one to 10 scale, like relative to the other albums or just like relative to its day, and then the new version relative to the old version, what would you say? Well, so I think I think the old version uh, does a really good job of of setting up, like you said, giving a backdrop of of you and your friends, and you know the things that you find funny or and and amuse the you know the stuff that amuses you guys. I think you know because of you. You know, I think I might have a preponderance more for old school rap. Also, uh, you know, I'm you know I enjoy hip hop. Uh, yeah. I got I got my our other brothers' taste in music mostly, 
you know, alternative and rock is more, mostly my jam. It's, and I guess, you know, I, I've heard the original album, so I, I think it, it really works for what, what, what you intended for it. Obviously, like, it, you know, I remember being in your Evanston apartment, you know, recording in your, in your, <laughs> your living room, dining yeah. slash dining room on that PC. I, so, you know, the, the newer one is certainly more modern and uh, I think probably more palatable for uh, a more modern audience. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure uh, numbers wise, I, you know, uh, I think the original version is a solid 7.5. This just seems, yeah. seems pretty good. I, I think the, the newer version... I think I'd have to hear it more in context, context of the whole thing. Cause I, you know, and that's going to be really interesting to hear as we go, um, like how interconnected musically, uh, so, you know, you know, makes the, the, the prompts or the, what the prompts that you pick, like how, how connected yeah. you can make it sonically. But I like, I'm going to say an eight, eight out of 10 new version. I like the vibe. It's more chill. It's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I like the low, the lo-fi beats. That's that's kind of more my vibe. So yeah, I, I would say like for me, I may be a harsher critic on the original, just because I <laughs> like I like I said, there's a little bit of clunkiness at the end of the first verse when I listen to it today. Like mm-hmm. uh, I cringe a little bit. So I would say it's probably like a six. And then the also like it's probably the simplest beat of any of the songs on the album. But like you mm-hmm. said, it does sort of serve this purpose. So I like the refresh version in, in terms of it really gave it a, a refreshing from this original. It seems a little yes. stale at, at this point in time. And I think we'll, we'll get into one version in a minute uh, in terms of actually was the first time I entered, entered a prompt for this song. Uh, when I went back to look at it, it actually is, was really good. Like it was, but it was, <laughs> it was, it didn't fit sort of the vibe I wanted for the song. It was very much like, out of the gates like super high energy yeah and i wanted this to be sort of like a, a pretty chill introduction into the album because i know what's coming next are some right. of the more like the hit hit songs from the album that i really wanted the focus to be on that so it's just kind of like this introduction to the album like get you started and then we'll get into the the later songs um song two and etc so i i did want to play as you know we're gonna wrap up here in a bit but i did want to play this one remix version that I did again, which it was the first prompt that I did and I'll release this as a remix. It's like all, all these new songs I'll release and link that I think it'll be a SoundCloud link and potentially a Spotify link as well for the newer versions. But there's going to be three versions of this new song. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be the one we just listened to, which is going to be like the official 2023 version. There's going to be one which I'm calling the matrix remix. Uh, and then there's, there's a Matrix extended remix, which we're going to hear the tail end of this. So one of the things that's kind of fun with Suno is you never really know how it's going to end your song. So you could yeah. put like outro as a prompt and it might just like cut off abruptly and it doesn't sound great. Or uh, it might come up with this like really cool kind of where the drums are continuing on and it just an unnice really outro. You're kind of looking for that sweet spot. And sometimes it just goes off the rails. So this one, <laughs> this one off the rails, like it was like, a pretty high energy rap song, but I would nowhere near like a club mix or anything like that. Right. But yeah. And, and I just like, okay, I'm happy with this. Like, let's just get, let's just find an outro and we'll package it up and we'll have this, this song ready to go. 
So this is one of the mixes that came out of it. If I wanted to, this could be like a 14 minute song, I think, because I kept hitting outro <laughs> and it kept adding more and more to it. It never ended, but it turned into this like club mix beat. So I'm just going to play like the end chorus oh. and then you can hear like the last uh, minute. And it's not even the last minute because it keeps going from there. DJ, what time is this? It's game time. That's amazing. Yeah, so from there, like it actually when that ends, that sort of like real clubby kind of heavy beat, then it goes into this other thing where it's just like this lady chimes in. She's like, it's game time. (laughs) Yeah, so you have to listen to that extended mix get get a full appreciation for it. I I was just cracking up when I heard it because it was like so far flung from what I wanted or what I was hoping for. But it's still in kind of a cool and interesting way. Uh, I've never even I've been. been to a, I've never been to a club, but I would. That's <laughs> what I imagine a club would would be like. Just like that kind of like music. Like you don't even know when the next beat is coming, but you're supposed to have, pretend like, oh yeah, I'm I'm jiving to this. Uh, yeah, so that's what uh, that's what that is. So I think it. I think that version's amazing. That one gets a twelve out of ten for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's game time, and uh, yeah, this song, is the first start. Song one. So yeah, we got uh that was the first shot to the dome. We got 14 more. 14 more. 15 shots to the dome. 15 shots to the dome. So the plan is uh we'll release every 4 weeks. Yeah, so this will this will span most of 2024, so we just hope people people just enjoy like what we're, you know, just the fun that we're having. <laughs> And just get along for the ride, enjoy some of the pop references, like laugh at some of the dated stuff and laugh at some of maybe the amateur hour rap skills um, and just see what's possible through this this technology. It's it's constantly evolving. Uh, Yeah. And then we'll have some of the friends on talking about, you know, their role and on the basketball team and their role in this album (laughs) and how their role in my life uh, in a lot of ways, our lives. Uh, Yeah. But the next song, you know, just a just a quick preview. Uh, it's the title track, Nothing But the Dog oh, in Me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you could tell probably has some Snoop Dogg influences uh in the song. And I'm I'm very excited to to play that next version for you. Absolutely. Super stoked. Uh yeah. So, you know, if you're still here, thanks for hanging out. We're delving into uh it's a it's a journey of friendship of uh interests of passion of uh technology mixing all this stuff together and we get a song about a park district adults men's league basketball team <laughs> that really encapsulates your heart i feel that, that you know yeah you know we're, we're going going for the whole gamut of human emotion and uh you know just just looking to hang out have a fun time so yeah, it is. Uh, it would be a very interesting Venn diagram, but I'm hoping that Venn diagram resonates with folks. If you have 
an interest in hip hop, interest in technology, interest in, uh, you know, sports and pop culture, kind of the glory days. And just like, like you said, like friendship, family, and just like simpler times intersecting in a major way with like the world changing very, very rapidly. Actually, not too long after this rap album came out is when it really started to escalate with the iPhone and Google and everything else, right? Yeah, this, it was a much simpler time then. It is a much more complicated time now. But still, you get to have fun making music, and that's kind of just what it's all about. All right, we're going to leave you with the updated full version 2023. It's game time. And until then, Jason, we'll, we'll see you. Take it easy. Jason Colton. Right. Jim Colton. A.K.A. Jimmy C. Take it all easy. Right. Love you, brother. We'll see you. Love you, too. What time is it? It's game time. What time is it? It's game time. What time is it? It's game time. It's game time. For all the real players, governors and mayors, brick players, we run past you like Gail Sayers, naysayers. What remains of the player haters? Disdain for the creators and those who create the money makers. Your woman's ugly, you know my lady's lovely. Wine and diner with the roses and the bubbly. My game is blazing, I keep it flaming hot, rock the spot, send a shout out to my homies on the block, got the dubby, rolling in the snoop mobile, hitting switches, drop the top, bouncing wheel to wheel, cruising down state, looking great, we're high rolling, you can't roll with mine unless yours is stolen, what you gonna do when you can't stall, can't stall, what you gonna do when your back's against the wall, withdraw, cause mama ain't home for you to call, just shoot the damn ball, my rhyme can't wait for all y'all, it's game time. What time is it? It's game time. What time is it? It's game time. What time is it? It's game time. It's game time. Everybody knows my DJ likes the bass kick. Drop a beat so complex, they call it the Matrix. Spinning tracks, number one way to get chicks Do some tricks like a little behind the back mix So check the game, we always come with the old school G What's my name? J-I-double-N-Y to the C A guilty plea, not even the truth can set you free Cause the truth is you're broke, fool You can't hang with me For ten years I listened to all the rap classics Worked the craft until I got that craft mastered Mixed a little skill with some Jedi magic Leave a crowd in a trance Dance until my rap hit The force is strong, but this new kid call me Anakin My beats can breathe the life into any mannequin It's the mannequin, so good it must be a damn sin Spin the wind, sit tight, the game's about to begin what time is it? It's game time. What time is it? It's game time. What time is it? It's game time. It's game time. It's game time. It's game time.